Hey, y'all. This has been a huge week for us. The last few days have just been jam-packed from the Ruth study starting to the one-year anniversary of this podcast to the podcast anniversary party, which was so fun, and to my own graduation from my podcast mastermind, where I was awarded most likely to crack a joke. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> well, I just wanted to quickly... Thank you all for being part of a really monumental week for Her Renewed Strength Companies. Congratulations to all the winners from the podcast anniversary party. And stay tuned for the episode featuring the panel discussion. It was all so good, and I'm excited to share it with you. With that said, I'm really grateful we get to wrap up the week with this Bible study recap of Ruth chapter 1. My prayer is that you will know God more intimately and come to have a full understanding of who he is through your own study of his word and that everything we do here at Her Renewed Strength Companies equips you and encourages you to do that. So grab your Bible, journal, and a pen because we are digging in in three, two, one. Let's do it. Listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with? If you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. So before we get started, I want to read today's featured review, which is Brands Bank and New. And it says, thank you. This was left by Brumley. And it says, Erica's episode on schedules came at just the right time. I've struggled with being an overscheduler and not being flexible when things change. The perspective shift she discusses made a huge difference in how I'm going to approach my own schedule going forward. Highly recommend this podcast. And I just have to say, Brumley that I'm so glad to hear that because that tells me, number one, you have an open mind. Number two, the Lord is working in you. And number three, you just made a commitment and I'm going to hit you up and hold you accountable. So <laughs> thank you so much for leaving a review and thank you all for continuing to let me know how this podcast is blessing you and really helping you to, you know, move forward in your own um, endeavors and grow in your own way. So I'm very appreciative of that. Now, today's episode is really going to be as high level as I can get without like taking too long of a recap of Ruth chapter one. And this is a study that we're doing live in the Facebook group right now. So I do encourage you to head over to the Facebook group, herrenewedstrength.com forward slash community. I'll link it in the show notes because I go into, you know, several verses at a time and I spend, you know, on three, four, five verses, I spend sometimes 20, 25 minutes, you know, teaching the, the historical 
background, the context at the time, you know, just digging deeper into the design of the Bible. And so what I want to encourage you to do is just be open to learning more about the nuance that we see in the Bible, because that will really take your faith, I think, to new levels. Now, Ruth is a historical narrative. The author is unknown. And um, this is actually a book that the ancient Jewish scriptures often included with the book of the prophets. So that's just a little bit of background on Ruth. Something that stands out to me is that every single detail in this book carries the romance along and carries what Chuck Missler calls the romance of redemption. And it basically just gives us a perspective for God's plan for us, not just us, you know, as believers in Christ, but of the plan for Israel as well. And, you know, they are, in a sense, mutually exclusive, right? They're parallel, but separate. And what I'm talking about when I say that is God's plan for Israel and God's plan for us Gentiles. So keep that in mind as you consider how this applies, right? Because a lot of times we we read scripture and we're like, how does this apply to me? What can I learn about myself? And And I just want to caution you from doing that too frequently. I think it's more so about what we're learning about the Lord, right? And like the better question is like, where do I fit into the picture in response to who God is and how he's showing up? So With that said, I'm going to give you a really high-level overview of chapter one. There was a famine in the land, and that led to Elimelech and his family to relocate from Bethlehem to Moab. And if you know anything about Moab, you know that the history of Moab is pretty dark. It was Lot and his daughters had escaped the wrath of Sodom and Gomorrah. They live in a cave, and then they commit incest, and Moab is like one of the children that comes out of that. And so... Moabites are not part of, you know, Israel. They're not included in in God's people. So they go to Moab and Elimelech eventually dies. His sons die and Naomi is left alone with her two daughters-in-law. Okay. Ruth is one of those daughters-in-law. Naomi ends up hearing that the Lord came to the aid of his people and the famine came to an end. So she plans to head back. So she and her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, they basically leave. And on the way, she tells them, go back to your mother's house. You don't need to come with me. I'm not going to have any more sons for you to marry. So go find rest in the house of a new husband and like have a new family basically, right? So they kind of do this little dance of like, no, we don't want to go. And she's like, just go. And then Orpah goes, right? She leaves. We don't hear about her again. Ruth stays. Okay, and she insists on going back with Naomi to Bethlehem. Naomi tries to convince her to stay. She's like, stay here with, you know, Orpah, do what she did, stay here with your culture and your gods and all these things, gods with a little G. And Ruth is like, listen, I'm not going to leave. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people, right? So Naomi stops pressing her and they go back to Bethlehem. They take this journey. And when they get back, the women in Bethlehem recognize Naomi. Naomi's in mourning and she's like, don't call me Naomi anymore. I have a new name. And at the time that they returned, the barley season was beginning. Now, I really want to highlight the intentionality and the deliberate design of 
God's word, which is evidenced in Ruth. Okay. And it starts, at least on this podcast, with the significance of names. Okay. Elimelech, who is Naomi's husband, his name means God is my king, which is very interesting because at the time that this is all taking place, it's during the time of the judges. And during the time of the judges, that's a spiritual um how do i call it like a downtime like it's not a good time for israel spiritually they don't have a king and they are turning away from the lord they're you know seeking other gods and idols and things like that so at the time that israel doesn't have a king elimelech his name means god is my king Naomi's name means pleasant so when she goes back to bethlehem she's like hey don't call me pleasant anymore the Lord's hand turned against me. I'm going to be called Mara, which means, I forget what Mara means, but basically it's like not happy. So actually I'll find what Mara means. I'm going to my notes. Um, Yeah, I don't have it in my notes right now. So she has to be called Mara and, and then the barley season begins. So the other names I wanted to highlight are Malin, who is one of Naomi's sons, his name means to be sick or unhealthy or sickly, which is like not <laughs> not a good thing. And the other son's name is Killian, and his name means wasting. So, you know, these guys are pretty young when they die. They're like in their 20s, potentially. And it sounds like they probably were sick right? Or something happened that they they died so young. So very interesting. The other name that's significant here is Bethlehem, which means house of bread. And this family leaves Bethlehem in the midst of a famine, right? Basically, there was no bread. So they leave and they go to a faraway place where they dwell as foreigners for 10 years. And we see that in the text. And at the point that they come back or they, you know, Naomi decides to go back, it's because she learns that God comes to the aid of his people. And I'm going to read the New King James Version for you. And this is Ruth chapter 1, verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Okay, so she's now deciding to go back to the house of bread because the Lord had visited with his people and given them bread. So not a coincidence, right? Like if we're thinking about this realistically, what are the odds? Now, as far as other evidence for deliberate design, I wanted to highlight one of the most well-known verses of this book, which is, uh, it's two verses, Ruth chapter one, verses 16 to 17. And it starts, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you say, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Now, if you were to break down that verse, that, that chunk of declarations, this is a sevenfold decision, okay? And this is a theme, this is a framework that we see throughout the entire Bible, okay? We also see the word sevenfold pop up in other places, namely Revelation, okay? In Genesis, in Psalm 79, in Proverbs, in Isaiah, okay? At least in the New King James Version. 
So, oh, I'm thinking of the seven spirits in Revelation. So seven is a theme, right? Like in the Bible, it's supposed to be like the number of completion. So this being a sevenfold decision is consistent with a theme that we see in the word of God. There are many passages that when dissected, they break down to sevenfold decisions. A similar formula is used seven times in the books of Samuel and Kings, which again, evidence is deliberate design. And even though there are different authors, human authors, there is one single author. Who is that? It's the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit is taking the pen of these people and writing God's word out. So with that said, there is a ton more that we unpack. We dive so, so deep into this line by line, looking at cross-references, looking at historical context, looking at the background of what was happening at the time and how it connects to other places in scripture, how some of the events that are referenced are confirmed in other places. So there's just a lot of things that you see as you navigate and study this more deeply. And there's nothing wrong with reading scripture at face value and like taking that and sitting with it and maybe applying the soap method or just praying over a verse. But there is something that shifts in you when you start to see how intertwined everything is and how firm of a foundation God's word is. And the reason this is important to me is because I have had people in my life who I care for very deeply question my faith in a book that was written, quote unquote, by a bunch of men all those years ago. And I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to like get into a scholarly debate and like bring up resources that I've studied and read and just like share this with them. But all I can do is continue to know God more. And when I do have a question, to pray that he would show me where to find the response, where to find the answer that would point me to his truth. And I have done that. And part of that has been through the study of God's word at a much deeper level. So I want to encourage you today, if you have been feeling like you are lacking in faith, like you are feeling shifty or doubtful or discouraged, this is a really good time for you to get into the word of God by joining us on the inside of the Facebook group, because we're taking 20 minutes a day to dig into these verses that we're studying each day and to really dissect them and to see God's deliberate design and everything. And this is not just something to boost your faith, but it's something to feed your soul. Okay. So if there is anything that I can do to help support you or better serve you, I'm all ears. Always let me know if you have any questions, if you have any other thoughts, if you have any feedback at all on the way that I'm teaching, on where I'm getting things from, et cetera, et cetera. I welcome that. I want that. And I want to engage in a deeper discussion of God's word with you. So hopefully you have already joined the Facebook group, but if you haven't, head over to herrenewedstrength.com forward slash community and meet me on the inside. I will see you on the next one. I pray that this blesses you and I hope you have a fantastic weekend. God bless. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, 
head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.